No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. It would be 40 years before the children of Israel entered the Promised Land, yet God gave them specific instructions for what to do when they arrived. When God purposes something, it is as good as done, even though we might not see it for a long time. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 15 on Simply the Bible. After the children of Israel had come to Kadesh Barnea, which was the very entry point of the promised land, and then they failed to go in because of their unbelief, and they finally realized that there was no way out of this. They were going to have to wander in that wilderness for the next 38 years. It would have been easy to become very discouraged. So God immediately began to share with them the hope of what would happen when they did enter the land or actually when their children would enter the land for everybody 20 years and older would die in the wilderness over those 40 years. We pick up in Numbers chapter 15, verse 17. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land to which I bring you, then it will be when you eat of the bread of the land that you shall offer up a heave offering to the Lord. You shall offer up a cake of the first of your ground meal as a heave offering, as a heave offering of the threshing floor. So shall you offer it up. Of the first of your ground meal, you shall give to the Lord a heave offering throughout your generations. Now, this was a law that they were going to give back to God as soon as they began to get some of the produce of the land. In Proverbs 30, verse 8, we read, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you. And say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Now, I would say that most of us understand why poverty is a bummer. And we would rather avoid it, if at all possible. But many people think that the more money that they make, that will solve all their problems. However, when we are blessed materially, it can lead to us forgetting about God or even denying Him. At the very least, we often stop depending upon Him the way we used to when we didn't know how we were going to pay our rent. And so when the people entered the promised land about 38 years later, God didn't want them to forget about Him. He wanted to prosper them both spiritually and materially, but he also wanted them to remember where it all came from. Therefore, in addition to the offering of their first fruits that the law required them to give, they were also to offer up a cake from their first flower harvested and ground in the promised land. It would be given to the Lord as a heave offering, meaning that it was lifted up to heaven as if to say, this one's for you, God. I have found that the more God blesses me, the greater the need that I remember where it all comes from. I find that it is just healthy for me to remember that it all belongs to God and I am just a manager of His resources. I have spent money on many things, only to suffer buyer's remorse. I have made investments that were losers, but I have never regretted anything I've given to the Lord 
and to his work. It's a joy just to heave it up, to give it to the Lord, as it were, because he has freely given it to me. Verse 22, if you sin unintentionally and do not observe all these commandments, which the Lord has spoken to Moses, all that the Lord has commanded you by the hand of Moses from the day the Lord gave commandment and onward throughout your generations, then it will be if it is unintentionally committed without the knowledge of the congregation that the whole congregation shall offer one young bull as a burnt offering, as a sweet aroma to the Lord, with its grain offerings and its drink offering, according to the ordinance, and one kid of the goats as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for the whole congregation of the children of Israel, and it shall be forgiven them. For it was unintentional. They shall bring their offering, an offering made by fire to the Lord, and their sin offering before the Lord, for their unintended sin. It shall be forgiven the whole congregation of the children of Israel and the stranger who dwells among them because all the people did it unintentionally. Now the law differentiated between unintentional and intentional or presumptuous sin, as we shall see. Through the sacrificial system, atonement was provided for unintentional sin. Because there were over 600 different laws, there was a high probability that the nation would err by either neglecting to do something they were commanded to do or by doing something that they were forbidden to do. As James tells us, for we all stumble in many things. But ignorance was no excuse. Unintentional sins or unknown sins were still sins that needed atonement before a holy and just God. Therefore, if the entire congregation sinned, they would have to offer a bull as a burnt offering with its grain and drink offerings and a kid of the goats as a sin offering. Then their sin would be forgiven them for it was unintentional. As Christ hung on the cross, he appealed to this basis for forgiveness when he prayed for those who crucified him, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Verse 27. And if a person sins unintentionally, then he shall bring a female goat in its first year as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for the person who sins unintentionally when he sins unintentionally before the Lord to make atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. You shall have one law for him who sins unintentionally, for him who is native born among the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwells among them. This law dealt with how atonement was to be made for the sin of an individual. He would simply bring a female goat as a sin offering and he would be forgiven. I don't know about you, but I think I would have to have a flock with a lot of female goats. There was a single law for the native-born Israelite as well as the stranger or foreigner. If you were dwelling in the Lord's land, you had to play by his rules. Guess what? The dirt you're standing on belongs to God. You may have bought your house, but you didn't create the dirt it's sitting on. Since this is God's creation, we need to play by his rules. The truth is that we are all sinners. We have all broken God's commandments, many times without even knowing it. Ignorance may be bliss, but it's still no excuse. Our sins must be forgiven. The old covenant has passed away. There is no more tabernacle, no temple or blood sacrifices of bulls and goats. 
Today, the only way that sin can be atoned for is through the blood of Jesus Christ. We must all come to Calvary by faith and through the confession of our sins, receive God's forgiveness. Verse 30. But the person who does anything presumptuously, whether he is native-born or a stranger, that one brings reproach on the Lord, and he shall be cut off from among his people, because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. That person shall be completely cut off. His guilt shall be upon him. So here we see that there really was no forgiveness, no atonement for presumptuous sin. Some translations say high-handed sin. And the idea was that God had given very clear instructions about what they were to do, what his laws were. So if they knew what his laws were and deliberately went against it, there was no forgiveness for that. They knew better. It was a direct affront against God. And they would be completely cut off. Now, commentators are not sure exactly what that meant. Did it mean that they would just be excommunicated from the society? Would they be put to death? Or would they just be given over to God and God would put them to death? We don't really know for sure. But God said, his guilt shall be upon him. In other words, there was no atonement for the sin. Now, under the new covenant, I only know of one sin that cannot be forgiven. And that is the unpardonable sin, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked about it in Mark 3.28. He said, Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Now, we must understand, Jesus spoke this to those Pharisees that were accusing Jesus of casting out demons by the prince of demons, Beelzebub, Satan. And Jesus said, look, you guys, that's not even good logic. If Satan is casting out Satan, then his kingdom is divided and no kingdom divided against itself will stand. But then he went one step further and he said, listen, you need to understand that whoever blasphemes the Holy Spirit, there's no hope for them. There is no forgiveness for that sin but that person is subject to eternal condemnation. I believe Jesus said this because they had so hardened their hearts, they were in danger of eternal condemnation. You see, God says, my spirit will not always strive with man in that he is flesh. And Jesus said, no one comes to me except the Father draws him. But God will honor a person's decision. And if a person rejects the Holy Spirit and the gospel again and again, There will come that point where they will reject God for the last time. And I believe that that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. For that person, there is no hope. Verse 32. Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. They put him under guard because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, The man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died. Now this seems harsh to us. The guy was just picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. 
But it was a presumptuous violation of the fourth commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy. He knew better. And God made it clear that the person needed to die. Now, God had already said that if a person broke the Sabbath law, they were to be put to death. But the people didn't know exactly how he was to be put to death. So they inquired of the Lord. And God said, he must be taken outside the camp and the whole congregation must stone him. And so that's what they did. Now, when we come to the New Testament, we are not under the Sabbath law, but our Sabbath is in Christ. Hebrews 4.9 says that there remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. You see, the Sabbath that is most important for us is to realize that we cannot save ourselves. We can't, by our own works of righteousness, ever do enough to save ourselves, to make us right before God. And so we must enter the rest that has been provided for us through faith in Jesus Christ. If we try to gather our own sticks, as it were, and build our own way of salvation, it ain't gonna fly. And we're gonna find ourselves cut off from the hope of salvation and eternal life. That is why the scripture warns us that if we hear the voice of God today, not to harden our hearts, but to receive the gospel through faith in Jesus Christ, then we shall enter his rest. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com, click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Tomorrow, we will look at a creative way God had for the Israelites to remember His commandments. We will also see that one of Moses' and Aaron's relatives led a rebellion against them. We hope you'll join us tomorrow as we continue our study of the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible.